0: Do you hate it when they lie to you? Do you hate it when they look you right in the eye and they tell you something that you just flat out know is not the truth? No, I'm not talking about, um, you know, politicians on the news. I'm not talking about anything like that. I am talking about the prospect who agreed to meet with you. You're in their office. You're asking them questions and they're not telling you the truth. Has that ever happened to you? I suspect it has. Today, we're going to talk about how to fix it, how to make that not happen, and when it starts happening to you, how to reverse it around. Stay tuned. What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht, and I teach insurance agents how to quote less, win more often, and build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. Whether you're a brand new producer just starting out or you've been grinding it out year after year, you're in the right place to learn how to grow your book. I teach insurance producers my step-by-step 12X framework that helps you get the incumbent agent fired and you hired. After all, why waste time quoting when you can win with one signature? If you're looking for a proven system to help you 12x your book of business, then visit my website at www.12x.club to see how it's done. Otherwise, kick back, turn up the volume, and remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Hey everybody, Charles Specht here, host of the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast the place where the broker of record letter is king and quoting is weak that's what we're talking about today quoting is weak broker of record letters are important but before we even dive into that topic we're talking about liars liars ooh man you know what the insurance industry is full of liars and i'm ta- i'm not talking about those who have an insurance license i'm talking about those who have to buy insurance Yes. I'm talking about the prospect. Look, have you ever set an appointment? You're sitting down with a prospect and he or she is saying to you, yeah, you know what? We're not really happy with the current agent and we'd be willing to make a switch. Uh, we wanna make a switch if at all possible, but you know, just we wanna see what you can do. And have you ever had somebody just sort of like throw out stuff at you like that and you're thinking, Yeah, this is good, these are good buying some buying signs and so forth? But at the end of the day, these are not buying signs, these are stalls. And they're not planning to give you what you want. Has that ever happened to you? I mean, can I get a show of hands? Because I know it's happened to me. It's happened to me as a consultant. It's happened to me as an insurance agent. It's happened to me as a chief sales officer. It's happened to me as an insurance consultant working even with construction accounts. It happens all of the time. But that doesn't mean you have to be stuck with it. There are things that you can do to alleviate it. There's things you can do to to resist, to reverse it, and to ensure that it doesn't happen to you again. But I want to start just by telling you a very quick story about something that happened. I posted it on LinkedIn a couple of days ago. And it happened when I was relatively new in the insurance business. I'm not going to give you the whole story, but I want to focus on the fact that the insured was lying to me. But at the end of the day, what she was really doing is lying to herself. So uh, this lady was a very like smart, entrepreneurial uh, very astute woman. Um, she like had made a lot of money. She was actually very good at investing, great at construction, really good at what she did. She owned this construction company and essentially what they were was a flooring. Uh, they installed floors. Uh, it was like more of a painting, kind of a pouring. Anyway, they did it like floors in large manufacturing facilities. And so I was meeting with her and again, I was relatively new in the industry and I knew that this was going to be an automatic fit for a carrier that I had access to. And so I was meeting with her, and it was kind of like one of those conversations where she's like, yes, you know what, we want to get some quotes, we want to make sure that we get some bids to make sure that we're doing the best thing for our company and you know lowering our costs and so forth. And initially, kind of all sounds good, and then she's just talking to me about you know her agent. She's been with her agent for quite some time, likes the agent, likes the servicing people. They do a really good job and so forth. And through the conversation, even though she was giving me buy signals. I was also getting mixed signals that frankly, she's just kind of happy with who she has. And so I've said it before. I say it again. This is something you need to talk about. It is asking a specific question. It needs to be worded like this. If we were to become your agent, are you willing to fire your agent in order to hire me? Are you willing to fire your agent in order to hire me? Because at the end of the day, that's absolutely what they have to do. They have to be willing to fire the agent to hire you. However, this is the real issue here. The insured hadn't really thought about that yet. She had never gotten around to the point of thinking, do I really want to fire my agent? I like my agent. This actually was a, a really positive business relationship for her. The other agent and the agency servicing personnel, she liked them. She got along with them. She received gifts from them. Um, she just been with them for a few years, and so things were going really well. She wasn't afraid to get quotes. She wasn't even afraid to tell her agent that she had competition. But the fact is that she hadn't really thought about, does she want to leave her agent? And I would tell you that this happens a lot. Just because you set an appointment doesn't mean you're setting an appointment with somebody who is really going to give you a shot. They might be just using you as the honesty cop in this whole situation. And so they sometimes are flat out lying to you, like they truly believe they are not going to do business with you. They have no intention of doing that. I would tell you, however, that the vast majority of the time, it's not that they don't plan to do business with you or won't do business with you. It's just that they have not thought through, am I willing to fire Bob, my insurance agent, in order to do business with Charles? That really is the issue. And unfortunately, because they haven't worked through it in their own mind, when it finally comes down to looking at the numbers, my proposal, Bob's numbers, anybody else's quotes that they're offering, it's just a whole lot easier to stay with Bob than it is to go to somebody else. Am I willing to break that relationship with Bob just for a couple percentage points here? No. I mean, they will begin to talk themselves into it. No, I really feel like the service is there and it saves me time and it saves me money in the long run and I'm comfortable with it and they will talk themselves out of doing business with you. Happens all the time. Happens every single day. Probably has happened to you multiple times in your life. It is very difficult to pre-qualify the account so that that doesn't happen. And so I could tell even in that meeting with that contractor, that she had not thought that through. And so as we were going through my my script, as we were uncovering the pains, as I was presenting my solutions and the timeline and so forth, finally got to the point where I realized that, you know what, I'm certainly not going to get a broker of record letter here. She certainly is not going to give me any carriers that I'm asking for other than the one that I had. And this is the thing is that I had an insure, I had access to a carrier that I knew her current agent didn't have access to. And I knew that once I got a quote from this carrier, it was going to be less expensive than whatever else the other agent could show up with. The problem was, is that I knew quite likely, even if I did that, she was going to give my quote to the other agent. She was going to uh, do everything she could to possibly like try and get the other agent to come down and just get close enough. And I was going to lose the business. I just, I felt that in my bones. And so at the end of that, that meeting, I just said to her, I said, look, you know, I can't remember exactly how I said it, but I just said something like, You know, the thing is, is that what has to happen for someone like me to win is that you have to be willing to no longer do business with your agent. In other words, it's like you're firing an employee. You're you're firing someone who you enjoy doing business with. And you would have to have that experience in order to do business with me. I literally can't be your agent unless you are willing to terminate the relationship that you have with your current agent. And if you're not willing to do that, I don't think it would make sense for us going forward. And so I kind of pushed the pause button in that meeting and she was upset. She was visibly upset with me. Um, I mean, she didn't call me names or anything like that or spit in my face, but I could just tell like she just was not happy. And I don't even think necessarily she was happy with me. It's just that I was explaining something to her that she began to realize she had to do, but she didn't like even the idea of it. And so I just kind of left it at that. I just said, hey, you know what? If you're interested, if you want to do this, you know, feel free, like, you know, give me a call. We can kind of work through it. Otherwise, you know, we're just going to push the pause button for this year and you can stay with your carnation. And so I just left it at that. And about three days later or so, she gave me a call. She called me on the telephone and said, Charles, she goes, I have to first apologize. I'm sorry for losing my temper with you uh, when you were here the other day. However, what you said was true. If I was to choose your proposal, I do have to have a conversation with my other agent and tell her that I'm not going to be doing business with her this year. And yeah, I I like my other agent. But at the same time, what you're proposing in regards to services and program and so forth is very beneficial for me and my company going forward. And so I've decided that if indeed you can do the things that you said that you can do, I would be willing to fire my agent and hire you. And so, you know, had that conversation with her. I'm sure we probably talked about a number of other things, but decided to eventually go forward, was able to get my quote, was exactly sort of what I was expecting it to be and ended up getting the business. So she had to have that conversation with another agent and fire the agent. Um, And I had that account up until I think I became a consultant or certainly just until I left that first agency and went to the second one. That's for sure. But that happens a lot. However, what I normally see happen is that they're not just flat out lying to you, it's that they have not thought about leaving their other agent. Therefore, where I see insurance agents often fumbling the ball is that they don't push. They don't push enough. They don't push to the point of almost being rude. Can I say that again? I mean, because I don't think you actually heard me. I need to say it again. You need to push... Almost to the point of actually being rude. And unless you're willing to do that, you're not likely to get from the insured what you want to actually receive from them. It really is that simple. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to push? Are you willing to push to the point of almost being rude? Yes, what happens when it comes to sales is that you will get what you ask for, and you will not get what you don't ask for. That doesn't mean you're always going to get everything you ask for, but if you don't ask for it, guess what? You ain't getting it. So you need to push and push and push and push and uncover and make the insured feel the pain over and over and over and over again until they finally say, I give, Charles, what you're saying is right. I want that then move forward. You got to push because the insureds are lying to you. Are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. So I think that this happens in in other industries more than some, for example. So, for example, I think it happens in industries where there is a bid mentality, construction. I see it in transportation all the time different things like that, if there is a business that you're going after where they tend to get their clients or their contracts because they provide a bid or an RFP, I can almost guarantee you that they assume insurance is the same way and they treat you like they are treated. That is normally how I see it. In different industries where it's a little bit more relational and they get their business via relations, I don't actually see it happening as often. Certainly still happens, certainly is relatively prevalent, but it doesn't happen as much as I see it in other industries. So I think the industry is part of that. Now, with that said, I think that we as insurance agents are our own worst nightmare. We are our biggest enemy. We are the person who stubs our own toes more than anybody else. I am my biggest hurdle. I need to overcome the problems that Charles has in the same way that you, Mr. Mrs. Misinsurance Agent, you are your own biggest hurdle. There are things that are stopping you from getting what you want. You need to be able to figure those out, identify them, label them if need to be, so that you can either delegate out the issue to somebody else, remove it altogether, or figure out a way in which to overcome it. However, if you can't get through and push through this hurdle, if you will, if you can't get through it, you're going to achieve the exact same lame results you received up to this point. You're going to get used. You're going to become the honesty cop and they're not going to be giving you the time of day. Oh, they're certainly going to be saying nice things to you. Yeah, you know what? We really, you know, don't like our agent as much and we're really looking for somebody and you know what? I, you could be that person and yeah, you know what these services that you're that you're talking about here, these are really good. I don't know if I necessarily just want to take it away from my current agent and you know give it to you. I just want to see what you can come up with first. I mean, look, they can say it a lot of different ways. But at the end of the day, it ain't the truth. It's not the truth. It's not the truth. And many times it's not the truth because we didn't push the insured to make them feel uncomfortable enough to be able to share the truth with us. That's my fault. That's your fault. That's not necessarily the insurance buyer's fault. Why? Because the insured, your prospect, isn't in the insurance business. They don't have an insurance license. They are experts at whatever they do, construction, transportation, Furniture stores, whatever. doesn't matter. Whatever their widgets or services are, that's what they focus on. They don't really understand insurance. They don't know what exactly is covered or what's not covered. They don't know exactly how the quoting process works. They don't understand what's happening behind the scenes. They don't understand how to determine one proposal from another proposal, one agent from another agency. They don't understand how all of this works. At the end of the day, the basic thing they can understand is how much does something cost? And many times I don't even understand that. So the thing is, is that the insured has to be able to figure it out. Therefore, they need someone like us to figure it out. But because they don't understand it, they're doing their best to get the best deal. And you know what? At the end of the day, competition works. Competition works. I want to ask you, I want to ask you just a blatant question. I want you to kind of look yourself in the mirror, if you will. Even if you're driving right now, I want you to look yourself in the mirror. Oh, I want you to be so open and honest and transparent with yourself. I want you to answer this with full honesty, transparency. Do not lie to yourself. But I'll ask it to you this way. If you were working on a renewal and you knew that you didn't have any competition whatsoever. You had access to every single market you have. The insured told you that they're not getting anything else. Just go ahead and renew it. Maybe even just renew it with the same carrier. I want to ask you, would you try as hard to negotiate and renegotiate with the underwriter on that particular renewal as you would... On one where you had competition, and you knew the competition was good, and you knew the competition was stiff, and the competition came in with a really solid quote, would you just leave it at that, or would you go back and fight tooth and nail with the underwriter to drive down the cost? Yep. If you looked yourself in the mirror and told you the truth, told yourself the truth, you know that on that second scenario, you would work a little bit harder. And that's the issue. When there is no competition, doesn't mean you're going to do a bad job for the insured. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you didn't give it your all because you just renewed coverage and you didn't go back to the underwriter and shoot tooth and nail to try and get every little bit of premium removed you possibly could, every little bit of additional coverage, every endorsement thrown in for no additional premium. Even when you are renewing it with the same carrier and you know there's an additional audit premium, you did not go back and negotiate with the underwriter to relieve 50% of the additional audit premium in exchange for the renewal. You didn't do that, did you? That's right, which is why competition works. Competition works. Works. Even as a consultant, when somebody brings me a contractor, for example, brings me in to manage their insurance program, I may or may not get an additional agent to work on the account. Certainly if the insured loves their agent, I'm not going to muddy the waters by getting a lot of agents involved and just muddying the the waters with the carriers. But I will introduce competition into the relationship. I will start to make, if you will, the insured to realize or the uh, agent to realize that there is and could be competition at any given moment if I see something that just does not actually show me what I want to see. Okay. I might ask them for loss runs. I might ask them for the Accord apps. I might ask them for what their submission says. I might ask them for the list of carriers they want to go to. And then I might tell them they can go to such and such carriers, but they can't go to the other ones. I might give those carriers to them later, but I don't do it right off the bat. You want to know why? Because I want the insured, they want the agent to work on the insured's behalf, period. Competition causes you to sharpen your pencil. It is what it is. So I understand why insureds might say the things that they say to us. If I only knew if I knew that only one agent was working on, for example, my homeowners and my auto, and they didn't have any competition out there, they might not be doing the best job. And frankly, maybe they don't even represent some of the carriers that are out there. So there's a lot of different reasons why maybe working with more than one agent could be a good thing. But at the end of the day, if you as the insurance agent have not set the rules of engagement, if you have not set up the rules to play the quoting game, what is and is not acceptable in order for you to go through this process, then shame on you. Shame, shame, shame. Smack your knuckles. It is your fault. You're the bad person here. You're the bad one. You didn't actually do due diligence. So, because you didn't set up any parameters, you didn't say to the insured what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. At the end of the day, they get to do whatever they want to do and they haven't broken their promise to you. They haven't lied, if you will. They can just take your quote and they can give it to the other agent. And oh well, you didn't say not to. They can bring in other people, and they can take your quote at the very last minute and give it to the other agent. Why? Because you didn't get them to tell you they wouldn't. There's a whole lot of stuff that can happen in that process. is because you didn't tell them. You could do a lot of due diligence and work on something, and you could be 35% less expensive than the current agent with much better policy, much better coverages, much better plan, much better benefit structure, and they still don't have to go with you. Why? Because there's nothing in the rules, the law, the code that says just because they get a better quote, they have to go with you. You can be upset about it. I'm not saying you can't be upset about it. I'm just saying I don't care. I don't care if you're upset about it because you didn't set the rules of the game. So they're not lying to you from that perspective. What I'm really trying to get to at the core of this podcast episode is that your prospects, because they don't understand how insurance works behind the scenes, they're trying to figure it out themselves. And so many times they are saying things to you that they think you want to hear that's going to cause you to do a better job for them. Sometimes it is a flat-out lie. Sometimes it's just, Maybe embellishing a little bit. Sometimes they just withhold certain things that maybe you would like to know. They just don't tell you the full truth. Lots of different things. Which is why you need to push to the point of being uncomfortable. You know, it, it's not just a, a matter of saying, hey, you know, if I if I go through this quoting process and bring you a good quote, would you seriously consider doing business with me? Ha ha ha. I mean, if that's your assumptive close, that is weak, you're a weak, weak, weak amateur agent. If that is your assumptive close, it's not like, would you consider doing business with me? Look, you need to move past that. You need to get to the point of asking for what you want to the point at which it is uncomfortable to the point at which it is rude. Now, I'm not saying be rude. I'm just saying to what almost makes you feel like you're being rude. Be tactful. Be honest, be professional, always. Don't tell lies, don't use bad words, say exactly what needs to be said period and just continue to push until you get the answer you're looking for. If you continue to ask questions and you don't have clarity, you don't feel you have an understanding on what needs to be done. You don't feel like you've got a clear understanding on what has to happen in order for you to win the business. If you don't feel like you have a clear understanding on about what the insured is going to do to come up with his or her decision on which agent they're going to do business with, then keep pushing keep pushing. Don't slow down. You have to do that. You must do it. Because if you don't, your insured is going to keep lying to you. Keep lying to you. And like I said, even from my initial story about that contractor, she wasn't necessarily lying to me. She wanted my quotes. She wanted me to to kind of work hard and give her good numbers. It's just that she really hadn't thought about what she wants yet. She really hadn't hadn't thought through the issue, am I willing to leave my agent? Am I willing to leave my carrier? Am I willing to go to a new agency that I don't know much about? Am I willing to have my policy serviced by a new account manager that I've never met in my life? Am I willing to do business with this guy who looks like he's 14 years old? Which, by the way, was me when I was 22. I really looked like I was uh, 24. I really looked like I was about 15. So there's a lot of things going on in his or her mind. You have to push. You have to push. Now, again, I would tell you that there are some people out there who will flat out lie to you. Oh, they will lie to you. Shame on them. They need to have their mouth washed off out with soap. Bad, bad. Shame, shame. Smack the knuckles. like They just will flat out lie to you. I think there's ways in which you can figure this out. I think there's ways in which you can alleviate that. One of the main things, and then I'm going to end here, one of the main things that I think you need to do when you are asking questions of your prospect is, one, you need to find out how many years they've been with their current agent. Anything that is three years or longer is a red flag to me. Three years or longer is a red flag to me. I will ask them you know, how long they've been with their agent. Let's just say it's seven years. Okay, great. Um, how many years out of those seven did you work with other agents to get quotes? Well, they say, I don't know. So, well, let's think about it. Did you do it last year? How about the year before that? I want to find out, has there ever been a time when another agent maybe brought in a quote that was less expensive, but you decided not to go with that agent? Oh, yeah? Okay. Well, why? What was the issue? Was it that you didn't trust the agent or... Or what? Or or did you give that quote to your current agent and then see if they could match it? Like, what happened? I'm going to ask those things because I want to find out. I want to find out. Continue to ask to the point in which it is uncomfortable. Ask for the things that you want. You will get so much information that will help you position yourself to either push the pause button or get the things that you want that's going to help you win. But if you don't ask, you will not receive. How to get your prospects to stop lying to you? If you can figure it out, you will be well on your way to becoming a millionaire insurance producer. My name is Charles Specht. I am the president and CEO of Permission Sales, where I teach and train insurance agents how to build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast.